Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. It's time for another conversation with somebody interesting from the internet. And this week, that person is 23-year-old King Russell. And that's not a king uh, who that's is Russell. First, that's his first that's name. That's his actual name. But you know him on YouTube uh, and elsewhere as Kingsley. He's amassed over 2.8 million subscribers on YouTube just under four years and he's most popular for these vlogs that he does, a vlog series called Overexposed. Basically, he rants about things, various pop culture things, and also stuff that he experiences in his daily life. And it's very funny. I mean, he's a legitimately funny dude. Mm -hmm. when, when I'm watching his videos, I'm just waiting for the next thing he's gonna say that's funny. And every other thing he says is funny and very much Kingsley. I, I love how this space allows comedians to develop in all different types of ways, and he certainly developed his own comedic voice. He's got a tone. Yeah, yes. and it's very good. You know, I, I think um, on this Ear Biscuit, we got more of the pensive side of King. We got the he did not rant. introspective. I will say that he did not rant uh, at all, but that's not really what Ear Biscuits is about. It's not about your rants. It's kind of just about you. Talking about yourself and well, and getting more the re the real side of him. So I right. appreciated that. But just so you can get a taste of what uh, the internet has come to know and love about Kingsley, here's an example of a rant. Uh, in June 2010, he released "Things I Hate About Driving." You know when you get off like a street and you're going into the highway, and this lane's gonna end that you just got off on. They will literally go all the way to the end and then wanna sit up here and try to get impatient when they wanna wait to the last minute to try to get over into everybody's lane. You had a straight mile to get your over into the main lane. Okay, that one's got over three million views to date. Uh, here's another rant where he's talking about Rebecca Black. Uh, March 2011 has just under nine million views. It is the most annoying song slash video I've heard slash seen in my 20 years of existing on this planet. It starts out and there's like this calendar and it keeps flipping through the days of the week while a cartoon version of her annoying face is sitting up there singing with her little harmonies like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woohoo, I have a test on Monday, Tuesday, got this recital, blah, blah, blah. And then Friday gets here and this wrote all over the page. Finally, hooray, yippee. She's like, I gotta get up, gotta get fresh, gotta go downstairs, get a bowl, have my cereal. Now, Kingsley's one of the only openly gay black male online personalities that's near the top of the charts on YouTube. And uh, he's been at it for a number of years. The momentum is still growing. He's actually just started his own podcast called Kingsley Overexposed, and we're happy to have him on our podcast, which was almost called Underexposed. Last minute change became Ear Biscuits. So <laughs> that would have worked out really well on this, uh, this week. So we talked to King about uh, how he received his first break courtesy of Tosh. Tosh.0, his last name is not point .0, just no. like King is not an actual King. Right. Even though maybe they both should look into those things. Right. Uh, we talked to King about how, even though he uses a lot of profanity in his vlogs, he never cusses in front of his parents. Mm -hmm. And we also explored the question surrounding, is he actually quitting YouTube at the end of 2014? A lot, it's, a, it's been a topic of discussion amongst his fans, viewers, and himself. We get to the bottom of that, much more in this ear biscuit. Let's do it. In a recent vlog, you 
said that you went to the Billboard Music Awards. I did. And you walked the red carpet, and you said that uh, once they started snapping pictures of you, you kind of were like... What was going through your mind? You tell us again. I don't know. I was just looking. Like, first, there's like there's a process. They have us all line up, and then we just go to the carpet one by one. And then they called my name, and I just like went in front of the little poster thing, or backdrop, or whatever it's called. And then the photographers just start screaming. They just start screaming your name. Mm-hmm. Like, look over here, look over here, do this, do that. And I'd never done a red carpet before. So I was just sitting up there like, what the hell is going on? Like, what am I supposed to do? I didn't know where to put my hands. I didn't know who to smile at. And then, like, I just don't know how to pose. It was completely out of my element. And I was just, like, wanting it to be over. And you know when you, like, smile for a really long time? And you kind of start, like... It kind of gives out a little bit. Yeah, and you start, like twitching <laughs> that was happening to me well now have you have you your go- cheeks were twitching yeah have you googled kingsley billboard music awards i have not because we did oh <laughs> do i look the same in every single picture no, no. the picture is great <laughs> well there's a number of pictures uh and we we learned this uh a couple years ago i learned that you know after you go to an event like that and they take your picture on the red carpet the next couple of, like the next week all these pictures just pop up in all these different photo sites, right? Right. And uh, your picture. <laughs> well, you have a number of pictures, but the full but body one. Well, no. Oh the, my god! I'll show it to you what right is now. That? It's a okay. <laughs> the, there's a lot of your face, but then the full body one kind of like. <laughs> oh my god! I look so angry. <laughs> oh my god! There's lots of great pictures. This one though, when I saw when I heard your story in your vlog, and then I saw this picture. I was so like, describe this, is, this is incredible. Um, describe yourself. Basically, I'm looking at, I look bewildered or like, <laughs> that's a good word. Pissed off at something. It's kind of like, even looking uh, at the camera. Deer in headlights? <laughs> yes. It's great, though. In your hand, and there's a wider shot of it, and your arms are just both like oh my limp gosh. at your sides. <laughs> I know. It's, it's so, so great. Awkward. I hate it. <laughs> hey, I listen. Hate it. I, the last time, I don't know what event it was, but we walked the red carpet, and we always walk it together, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, you feel a little bit more comfortable when you've got somebody to pose with. Right. But I just remember. But you feel a little funny when they're like, okay, what's your name? Uh, Link, you first. It's like, no, 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 no he's, he's coming say, with no. me. We do it together. But you remember the last, the wanna, last time we did get, this. You're too afraid to go by yourself. This guy said, <laughs> we were doing our pose. We, I mean, we, we got uh, just a couple of poses, right? Yeah. And basically one face. Because I'm like, I want this picture to be consistent throughout the internet. <laughs> the guy said, do something different. One, <laughs> one of the photographers actually said that. He's like, can you do something different? I was like, nope. <laughs> Because he wanted his, he wanted that one picture that like Kingsley could pull up on his podcast right. when we come on there. Yeah, that you can be and embarrassed And he can make about. fun of us. No. But I mean, in, in fairness, you were making fun of yourself. We just Googled it <laughs> to see if you if it was real. And we That's found so out, yeah, hey, it's real. I mean, m- your vlogs are inspired by your 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 experiences and your, your life. You're not making right. this stuff up. Exactly. And, we, you know, we just had to make sure of that. And in no. this case, it was totally true. <laughs> totally true. You didn't know what to do. My arms were just like dead weight. I just, <laughs> just I, it was horrible. Well, let, let's, uh, let's go back. Uh, where are you from? I'm from, well, I was born in Arkansas. Born in Arkansas. I moved to Missouri when I was six. And then I was there ever since until about two and a half years ago when I moved to L.A. Okay, so your earliest memories are Arkansas memories. What, yes. are the, what are those like? Oh my goodness, those are very, they're like, they're not really there, but they're there. It's funny because I was looking at where I grew up on Google Earth 
like two weeks ago. Google Arkansas. Yeah, and it was just like dirt. <laughs> like an inch of residential space. But it was, I don't know, Arkansas was very rural, small town. I think there were like less than a thousand people in the town where I grew up. Mm-hmm. We had like one elementary school, um, two gas stations, a post office, and then like houses. And like a railroad track went through the town and everyone had to work in like the nearest city, which was like 12 miles away. So nobody n- nobody worked in, in this little town? No, unless you were at the gas station or post office. What was the name of the teacher? Alzheimer, Arkansas. It's like outside Alzheimer? of Pine Bluff and Little Rock, yeah. That's wow. like the incorrect way to say Alzheimer's. I know, it's weird. <laughs> that's, your, that's your town? I know. Sometimes I want to say Alzheimer's, but I can't. <laughs> but yeah. If you don't know how to pronounce a really horrible disease, that's where I live. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean that, that's incentive to move right there. Mm-hmm. I miss it, though. Oh, you, like well, you're looking at it on Google have, Earth. Have you been back? I haven't been back since the last time I went was before I moved here. I went to see my sister. And oh, family. so you still got family in this small yes, town? I do. Well, my sister's in the city that's like 12 miles outside of it, but I have aunts, and my grandma was in the small town, but she moved like a few months ago. Mm, okay. Yeah, it's very like becoming like dilapidated and it's like a ghost, me a ghost town. Yeah, it's actually kind of scary. What do you call your grandma and what does she think of your videos? I call her Granny actually because I have her and then I have another grandma on my mom's partner's side and I call her Grandma and then I call my grandma, my mom's grandma Granny and she hasn't seen my videos. <laughs> so Granny what, hasn't? No, I don't think so. I hope not. <laughs> really so yeah. what's the conversation like when you talk to granny it's just at this point cause she's kind of older so it's just like how are you doing i miss you come visit um she doesn't ask what you do or anything no sometimes she doesn't even it's kind of sad like she doesn't realize that i'm not at home oh when i talk to her on the phone sometimes like i don't think she realizes i'm in california but uh, okay yeah i got it's one it of those situations <laughs> same thing for your uh grandma she doesn't know oh, no, what you do she's She's still kicking. She's like an active-ass grandma. She does like running and she's still in like choir and she power walks like every day. She cooks. She's like superwoman. Does she watch your videos? No, but she knows about them. And I don't like when my family watches. <laughs> but, but I mean, but she knows what you do. Yes. She, she, she understands mm-hmm. why you're out here. Yes. Why don't you like when your family... Tell me more about that. Well, it's just... Mainly the profanity, because when I'm around my family, I'm just a completely different person. And just really? out of respect for, like, adults, I just don't use profanity. And one of the things when my mom first realized what I was doing, um, one of my aunts, I think, had stumbled upon me. I think after the whole Tosh.0 thing that I was on. And my mom called me when and I was And briefly, what was the Tosh.0 thing? I did this video about like a list of pet peeves that I had. And okay. I was literally just sitting in my dorm room just talking about how I hated like skinny jeans and couples that sit on the same size of the booth. It's like literally just a list of stupid things. But you were you were being, you were in Kingsley. Yeah, It's yeah, Kingsley yeah. bitch mode. Mm-hmm. It was like spring break and I still had to work and like nobody was on campus and I was just bored out of my mind. But, and, but your language was much more colorful than what you would use with your... Yeah. <laughs> Way more colorful. I never used profanity. I said one time in front of my mom when I was in the car I was like it's hot as shit <laughs> and like I didn't it just rolled out and I like gripped the side of like the passenger door and I like looked at her with my eyes like so wide and I was like I'm so sorry like I just that's not how I grew up 
I don't know how it became. Did she point, smack you or something? No, she just started laughing. She's like, it's okay. That was literally the first and only time I've ever used. I don't curse really? in front of my parents. I'm like, really? It's not how I grew up. I never. But when you when you first started, uh, like that first rant mm-hmm. video that got really popular, that had the colorful language, was that? Were you? Did you have that language in your your normal life, or was it like I'm going into a character here that I know will be funny? It was like my first rant that I uploaded was authentic. Like I was genuinely like perturbed <laughs> about, <laughs> was about like, it was about like this experience I had at um a parking lot of an Applebee's with the Jonas Brothers who had a concert that summer and like all their fans like completely took over the parking lot like beyond the arena and it was just a mess and I was trying to get food and they were everywhere with their posters and like playing music and just you know how girls are when there's like a guy band and they were just completely over the top rabid yeah and I went home and I had been watching YouTube that summer Um, I think I started watching Shane Dawson was the first person I started watching and through him I just found other people and I just saw them talking and I was like oh my god I want to make a video about this and so I did it and um, people responded to it and then that's like when I kind of molded the character mm-hmm. of like this outlandish, profane, careless being. But the f- <laughs> that first that first video was just going on anger and adrenaline and frustration. Yeah. yeah. And so this language that you were never allowed to say was coming out. Mm-hmm. And it felt good. Did, it felt good. <laughs> yes. Did your so tell me more about your parents back then and kind of growing up. Well, I mean, does that mean that they were really strict or really Heavy-handed? They weren't strict. Like, okay, my parents are lesbians. It's my mom and her partner. And I just never, like, I guess it's strict. Like, I couldn't watch TV a lot. Like, I watched two hours of TV a day. That was my limit. And I had, like, an hour and a half limit for the internet. And um, all the movie channels were blocked. Anything above, like, PG-13 was blocked. Like, I was very... I guess sheltered in a way. Was it like a religious home too or? No, it was just, they wanted me to be a kid, I guess. I have no idea like what their intentions were, but I just, I didn't have a lot of exposure to like profane or crazy things. Well, and let's back up a second because um, you say your parents are lesbians. I assume a a man was involved at some point in the process. (laughs) Very early on in the process. Uh, So how, how how did that happen? Um, I still to this day don't really know the full story, but I know that my dad um, left my mom when she was pregnant with me. And so with her, it was like a situation of just being in Arkansas and it was very close-minded down there. And it's like, she wanted kids. Like my sister's older than me, so she'd had my sister already. And like, she was just doing what she needed to do to like survive, I guess. Um, Not be judged. She was just doing the whole Southern with a man having kids thing. And then I think that she met her partner when I was, I want to say three-ish. And they've been together ever since. And we moved, like I said, when I was six, we all moved to St. Louis. And that was just life as I knew it. But you didn't, I think in one of your videos, you 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 mentioned that your, your parents, your mom and her partner were together. Mm-hmm. But you didn't. You just thought they were friends. There was like this. Yeah, I There was a point, right? <laughs> it's like where you know, she, your mom wasn't out to you, right? 
when I was younger. Okay. She told me when I was very young, but I didn't care. Like, she literally one day came in my room and sat on the floor, and she's like, we are what society would call lesbians. And I didn't know what the hell she was talking about. I was just like, okay. <laughs> but, like, it was a situation where, like, you know, if someone's, like, dating someone, a woman dating a man, and, like, if she has a kid, she'll be like, this is Uncle Steve. Yeah. It's really not Uncle Steve. <laughs> like, I think, from what I remember, she told me that that was my aunt. And so I thought they were just, like, living together. But again, I was so young, I didn't care. I didn't really know what was going on. Right. But more in a pr- protective way of, I don't want to tell Kingsley that I'm dating this person that could be another mom to mm-hmm. me or whatever, and then we break up. And then, you know, to, I guess, I take it that that's what you mean. There was, like, a protection on that level. Yeah, I It wasn't that... really, I didn't want to protect him from understanding that I'm dating a woman. Right, right, right. And I think it was a situation where she wanted me to know when she felt I was ready to where maybe like I didn't get made fun of or something. I don't know what she was thinking, but either way, I didn't care. So what was that part of the move to St. Louis? Was that one of the things that motivated it? What was, you know, being a small town in Arkansas as a lesbian couple? For sure. I think that and then just career opportunities um, for us in the Midwest, like St. Louis is like a big city. So it was like a super big deal to move from where we were to Missouri. And um, it was just great. It was like, I felt like a chance for them to start fresh and then me and my sister to start fresh. Because uh, we moved like right before I started kindergarten or anything. So it was just a completely new start. And it was mm-hmm. awesome. Was it like a mind-blowing announcement when like she went from being, what? what's her name and what do you call her? Like you call her mom too or? Oh no, I don't. I call her by her first name. Okay. Yeah, I call my mom mom. But I still make, like consider her sense. my mom. I just don't call right. her mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But was was it like a mind-blowing announcement? Oh, now my fr- my my mom's friend is now my mom's spouse or partner. No. I really when she told me I didn't comprehend anything. I don't think oh, I realized you were still young then. Yeah. I don't think until I got to like middle school, high school that I started to realize like what a lesbian was okay. and like what my parents were. And um, how did that relate to you understanding of yourself as being gay? Did you, <laughs> your mom was always out to you. Were you always yeah. out to yourself too? No, me like being gay was so weird. Like I feel like I knew, I obviously knew, but I never mentioned it to anyone. I didn't even mention it to my parents. Um, the first time we even remotely talked about a guy, I was working at Fridays and it was my senior year of high school. And this kid from Detroit was like there with like five of his friends and he gave me his phone number. And um, I was working at the host stand, and he was just flirting. And I just felt, like, really, really, like, I don't know how I felt. I was just feeling some type of way that I'd never felt before in my life. And Like, like my mom, good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And my mom picked me up, and I just told her about it. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy came in, and he was really cute, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, that was that. Like, I never thought twice about it. It wasn't a big deal. And then until I was in college, which was, like, maybe, like, a year after this, she called me up and she literally just said to me, say it. I'm like, say what? She's like, that you're gay. And I started laughing for like five minutes. And then I eventually said it. And like, that was that. So that, they knew. I just, it was never a situation where I felt the need to like announce it. Mm-hmm. And when did you know? I feel like I knew in like eighth or ninth grade. I feel like that's when I, I'm trying to remember who it was. But I remember like having my first crush on a guy in middle school. So I want to say like eighth grade. Yeah. Okay, and that was in, that was in St. Louis. So you you, you, yes. moved, you moved to St. Louis uh, right before starting school, basically. And, and what was that like, new kid? 
<sighs> At first, like, I don't remember it, like, distinctly, but I know I was excited. Like, I wasn't sad or anything. Um, I was always, like, adventurous. I remember just being on planes. Like, I loved flying. And I loved traveling. And it was only six hours away. So, like, when we first moved, we visited a lot. Um, but I just, I don't know, I wasn't a shy kid. Like, I was just ready for the world. And I went to school. I always loved school. And I just thought St. Louis was, like, a cool place. I immediately got involved in a bunch of stuff. And it was a pretty good experience. And what were you, what were you into at that time? Were you, like, uh, I, know you, I know from your vlogs and um, that you were a smart kid yeah. That immediately, immediately <laughs> they recognize. Okay, this this kid is gifted. Put mm-hmm. put him in some advanced classes and that kind of thing. I started out, and my first passion, I guess, was choir. Um, I sang from I sang in church when I was like four or five, and then when I started school in St. Louis, I joined choir in first grade. Um, I got into orchestra. I played the violin. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, I did. And then I she played, was a nerd. I was. I was a little little gay nerd. And then I played the saxophone and band once I got to fifth grade, but I only did that for like two years. So yeah. And then I was involved in theater and scholar bowl, spelling bee, just any I was very immersed in school. Cause I didn't get to do much outside of school. Not that I need to as a child, but like I just liked doing things. I liked staying after school. I liked meeting different people in different activities and just, like, being involved and knowing the teachers. Like, from a very young age, I just liked mm-hmm. networking, <laughs> that makes any sense. <laughs> but if you weren't out to your mom until college, then I guess you weren't out to your friends either. So that was kind of, like... It was... I didn't say it, but they knew. Like, even with some of my friends in high school, like, I would talk about guys. I just was never one of those people that was like, I'm gay. And I didn't, like, I wasn't part of, like, the gay-straight alliance. I didn't do anything proactive, I guess, that I could have to have been more part of the community. I just was. It wasn't p- part of your public identity yeah. at the time. I but, wasn't, I don't know if I wasn't comfortable with it, but I just, the way that school was, it, I just never felt the need to, like, make it a big deal. But you made a big deal out of Britney Spears. Yes. Instead. I think that was the dead giveaway. Right. <laughs> so, so tell me about that, the Britney obsession. You know, it's actually my mom's fault. I was in my room one night. I'd been doing homework, and I just heard this, like, I heard, like, and I was like, what? Is, what are you watching? Like, what are you listening to? And I, like, peeked my head around the corner, and she was watching, like, music videos, and Toxic was on. And I was just fascinated, and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then back then, like, there was no, like, Vivo or anything. Mm -hmm. And so I would literally, like, watch the TV channel that MTV had that showed, like, music videos 24 hours trying to catch that video. (laughs) Like, any chance that I got. And I finally saw it, and I was just, ever since then, I was just fascinated. And and what what specifically? I mean, what, what, because obviously there are other female uh, pop stars. What, What is it about Britney? Well, initially it was just that specific song and that video and how she looked. And I ended up going back and listening to like her old stuff because as like a black person, like Britney wasn't, like I knew who she was, but in my house, she wasn't like a fixture, which yeah. obviously she was like to the world at that time. And then I just, I don't know, I just fell in love with her music. And then I would see her perform 
and then the whole crap happened where she like lost her mind mm-hmm. and, her and that hair. just made me like her <laughs> yes and her hair and that just made me like her even more because i felt like she was someone relatable who like got super famous and couldn't handle the pressure and just cracked and then you did a back. presentation on her at some point i did i did a presentation in this like graphics media class or something we had to do a powerpoint on like a person that was important to our lives like a celebrity not like a anyone and so okay. i picked her and uh, that was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell us about that. There was just, I was in the class, I was, there was me, I think there was like, actually I don't think there were any girls in that class, except for the teacher. And um, I don't know, like all the guys picked like athletes or like rappers or I don't even know. And then I, it was my turn. And, and, and I, <laughs> what, what, what's, the, what's the demographic breakdown of, of your school and of, of this class? I mean, is this a public school? Or is... Yeah, it's a public school. Um I'd say mostly white and black students. Okay. Um, there weren't a lot of like, there wasn't much besides that where I'm from. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and it was just like all guys in the class. And uh, I went up to give mine and like, they just started saying like just rude things. And like, they just didn't care. Like the teacher was in the room and they just didn't care. And she would tell them to stop and they just kept going. And then like, they try to whisper it. And like, I just heard everything. And, like, I made it through my presentation. And what are they saying? What are some... Just calling, like, a fag and, like, laughing and saying that I was gay for, like, picking her and just ignorant things. Um, But I dealt with it in that class before just um, being who I was, I guess. Um, And uh, that that day just kind of, like, broke me. And I, like, ended up in the hallway and I was just crying. And the teacher was, like, yelling like crazy. At the students? Yeah. And did did she come out there and talk to you? I mean, how did, did you, what she were the next few and hours? And then how did you, how do you recover from something like that? I don't know. She came out and talked to me, um, like, as soon as I went out there. And then she went back in and yelled. And then she sent me to the counselor's office. I was in the counselor's office for, like, an hour. Um, none of the kids got in, like, trouble. Well, as far as I know. But um, I don't know. It was just very, I don't think, because at that point, which is also, I guess, a crucial part of the story. I was a new student. This was eighth grade. And so prior to that, for the seven years, I'd been in another school district. And so I was a new kid. And um, I just had never been in that situation before mm-hmm. to where people didn't know me or weren't used to like how I acted or the things that I liked. And so it was just extremely overwhelming. And I just had to cope with it. It was a very messy period of my life. Like yeah. my grades dropped and everything. I mean, yeah, for how how long was the recovery? I mean, as an eighth grader? I'd say I didn't recover until I was in high school. It was like a huge like blow to my personality, to my just everything. Because I was just like, I was so carefree when I was younger. Like, I didn't care about anything. I was just super nice. And like, I talked to everyone. And then once I moved and went through that, it was just like, whoa, not everyone's, hmm. you know, accepting. Not everyone's the same. And so um, it eventually came out that I was getting, like, bullied, I guess, when my parents went to a parent-teacher conference because I hadn't told them anything just because I was that kid and, like, we moved and I don't want to, like, make it seem like anything was wrong. And I was just like, yeah, I'm having fun at school. But then they went to conferences and my teachers were like, he's having a rough time. And um, they talked to me about it. But that was, like, near the end of the semester. So you were kind of keeping it to yourself. Yeah. So uh, in high school, you it was kind of an upswing of, okay— I'm I'm moving on from mm-hmm. from this this valley this low point. Right. High school I think was just it was a good time because it 
became a point where you can kind of figure out who's also interested in what you're interested in. There are a lot more activities to join. And there was just so many more people from like all the middle schools in the district. And it was just so much more diverse. And so it was nice to, I felt like I was starting over. Like I met new people that didn't go to my middle school. And it was just, it was a refreshing start. You said in a recent video, if you had to do high school over, that, (laughs) how did you put it? I said that I would come out of the closet immediately and just be open for business. (laughs) was my exact quote. (laughs) (laughs) But you're laughing at yourself. I mean, is that? (laughs) It's the truth. I would. I always think of like doing things over. And I know people say, oh, I wouldn't change a thing, but I would definitely change some things because I already have this life. I would like to see how it would be different. Moving on to college. You you mentioned uh, it seems like college kind of was like a a wild time. You you go off to University of Missouri. Yes. Uh, so you you had to. I mean, you ended up doing pretty well in in high school. It sounds like mm-hmm. in order to. And did you get scholarship there? Is it? I got like a twenty five hundred dollars scholarship. Okay, so you got a partial scholarship to. Yeah. Not the one I wanted. Mizzou. Yeah. And did you go to school with some people that you already knew? Some yes. some friends. I actually went to school with my best friend from high school, and then. Um, there was just like a circle of people that you knew from high school that were going that you had like the, oh, we'll keep in touch and we'll see each other, that we did that. And um, it was just so cool. Like my parents, like I said, I had been super, super sheltered. And so I, prior to, like I hadn't been one of those kids that like partied in high school or drank or anything. I never had alcohol before. And um, we got there the first week and they had a frat party on like the first day after classes and we went there and like, I don't know how I was like standing up. This was literally the first time I ever drank alcohol, but I was a pro. And I just, I think in my head, I just accepted the role of like big brother because it was me and then like three girls. And um, we just got to a point where they were completely wasted and it was just time to go. And I'm trying to get us to a cab. And I was holding her like under her boobs because that's as much, I'm a skinny guy. And I was just trying to like get her there without like dropping her on the floor. And she just peed. She just completely peed, like, while I was holding her, as though I wasn't there. And I'm just like, okay, cool. You're welcome. And I was just so annoyed. Well, it's actually warm to start, and then it becomes cool. (sighs) Thanks for the reminder. (laughs) That horrific flashback. But I did actually drop her at that point. Yeah, yeah, that was the good time. I set her down against the wall. And that was the defining moment of college for you? Yeah, that's when I was like, okay, this is real. I'm here, and it's about to be a mess. And it became a mess from there in what way? It just, you know, I I just felt so free. Like nothing against my parents, but I just, it was awesome to like be in a place where you go to class, you do your homework when you want, you turn it in, you have like freedom, you can go eat what you want, go back to your room when you want. And, the, and I just is that when you started making videos on YouTube? I started like a month before I left oh, for okay. university. Oh, okay. Um, I was working, like I was working my ass off, and I just. Yeah, what what was your job? I was working at Fazoli's, which was a, like a fast food Italian. Fast food Italian, oh yeah. Garlic sticks. Yes, you guys know about Fazoli's. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I got me some Nobody Fizzoli's. knows about Fazoli's. It's so good, so good. I was doing that, and then I was a waiter at TGI Fridays. And I also did room service there because we were attached to a Crown Plaza. So I just made hella tips and I was saving it off for school. Is that where you have flair? The the, the pens? Is that TGI Fridays or is that Ruby Tuesdays? Where, oh, where, it's Fridays. 
No, that's, yeah. It's a, you, you have the pin, the pins, right? What kind of pins? The it, gold pins? Like on your like suspenders. But, like buttons. And I don't have any suspenders. <laughs> is that? No, we're, we're, we're thinking the We have like thing. red shirts with like checker. There's a place where you, they call it flair. Like, you're like, and however many buttons the waiter has attached to their oh. suspenders is how much flair they have. That's not TGI Fridays, I guess. I thought it was. I know we did have a reward system. It wasn't called flair. It's a similar there. restaurant. It might be now. And I'm sure that people listening know what I'm talking about, but I can't remember <clears throat> the... Anyway, oh, you didn't have awesome. suspenders on. No, I didn't. But I, it was awesome. And, and I just, that's... the So the Jonas Brothers vlog, y- you were vlogging from the perspective of an employee at Applebee's. No. It was TGI Fridays. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I worked at Fridays, not Applebee's. But maybe, you hey, ate maybe, at Applebee's. Hey, maybe yes. Applebee's is where Our they got flared. <laughs> maybe no? it is. I did. I was cheating. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was with our enemy. But um, which, yeah, is was, be- which is better? Which is better? Which has better food? Fridays, no doubt. Okay. Although Applebee's appetizers are just amazing. <laughs> but their entrees, Fridays, without question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everybody's got a right to their own opinion. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> So when you posted that first rant video, when you were cheating on your job at Applebee's, yeah. it was because you had been watching Shane Dawson, you're like, okay, if I'm angry about this, this can be the way for me to get it out? Or was there were there other motives too? Like, I also want to be a YouTuber and I'm going to try it right now. No, it was literally just, I was, well, the whole like motive, I guess, was after I saw Shane, I like found vloggers through him. I found this guy, Quadir. I found... Chris Crocker, <laughs> like I just mm-hmm. found a whole bunch of people, um, and like I was fascinated by the aspect of connecting with people. Um, one of the first things I started doing was doing reality show recaps, mm-hmm. just to see other people who had similar interests and like conversate with them. Like I was always in the comments, just talking and seeing who had similar thoughts. So that was like my main motivation. And then when this happened, um, I did it literally just to like get it out, just to like be have. A story to tell. Um, I didn't know anything about being a YouTuber. I didn't know what being a YouTuber was. But did you know that you were funny? Because, you know, there's a lot of vloggers mm-hmm. out there. There's a lot of people who just share the details of their life. And I know there's a lot of people who are really interested in that. That's not the kind of content that I consume. But with you, you're once you get going, it's like a stand-up comedian, as far as I'm concerned. Right. You know it, what I'm saying? It's like you've, you've got comedic timing, you the way you phrase things. It's really funny. Thanks. And uh, is, is that the kind of thing that you're like, I know why people are going to like this? Or did your friends know, like, oh, yeah, Kingsley, he's funny. See, yeah. People in school told me I was funny. It was never a situation where I thought I was funny, and I didn't like start uploading because I thought I was funny. I uploaded just to be able to talk to people. Um they told me I was funny and that felt good. But I never like even to this day, like I don't I don't I don't watch myself. Mm-hmm. Like clearly. I don't think anyone does. But you edit but like, yourself. Yeah, I edit it and then I watch it that one time to make sure there's no errors, and then I upload it and I'm done. Like I hate hearing myself talk. I'm actually like in awe that some people have done it for five years. <laughs> Power to them. <laughs> but I mean and, but when you edit it, I mean you're sir when I watch it, it's at least every third cut is it's going to be on a joke. I mean, yeah. it's going to be on. What's he going to say next? And then the cut. You know, it's. I mean, you're at this point. You're very much. It's down to a science. You're. Mm-hmm. You know where you're going to where you where you're going to you're going to get your questions. You're going to get your content or your inspiration from, and then you're going to format it to. I'm just going to 
I, I assume it's not scripted. It's more no, like it's this. Not. Maybe it's just an outline in your head. It's like my my skits are scripted, but the rants and the vlogs, I just I talk. I may have a post-it note to remind me of topics if I uh, do more than one, but usually I just do one a video, and so I just let it go. And like I, stream of consciousness. Yeah. And then when you edit it, you're kind of going out on joke or out on. I mean, for me, it's I. I'm waiting for you to say it in the way that only you can say it, and then you're out, and then yeah. it's another one, and then it's another one, mm -hmm. and it's so. How much are you cutting out? I would say I cut out. I think on average I record like eight to ten minutes, and then my videos are like four minutes long. So what, sixty percent? Is that the math? <laughs> so yeah. I cut out that much. Um, that's that's a lot of natural funny if you can just bang it out and. Yeah, because I feel like I, I, I've learned my audience at this point, and like I know what kind of phrases they like. I know what kind of commentary they want to hear, and I just never want to like ramble for too long. And um, that's what I delete a lot is if I like am um, like piling on on a certain topic, and I'm like, oh, you said this already. That doesn't need to be said twice. So if it takes you 10 minutes to make the video and, it, and you edit it down to four minutes, what do you do with your free time? Me? Yeah. <laughs> well... I have a podcast, um, and and, well, and I and I asked I asked that question like a a fan who when they hear that somebody's a YouTuber they mm -hmm. assume that what do you mean you work for ten minutes a ten minutes a week I, I know that's not the case I know. it's a mess but uh, what, but you know you you do have a lot of things going on so I mean it, you 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 because fast forwarding from from college you you moved to. Well, t tell us how you got out here. Then we can kind of talk about how, what you do now that you're out did here. did I get out here? Actually, it was a very, like, random... I had no plans. Like, I've always wanted to move to L.A., not because of YouTube, like, even before that, just for a different experience than the Midwest. I wanted to go somewhere that was, like, more diverse and open and had a lot more people and opportunities. And... um. I had been dating this guy. <laughs> well, okay, like my video, I started school in August of 2009. Mm -hmm. And then my video that was on Tosh went viral April 2010. Um, so the end of my freshman year was kind of like weird. I was working at Subway. I'd worked like four jobs. You're a sandwich um, artist? Yes, I was a sandwich artist. Wow. I was working at Subway. I worked at a movie theater. I worked at Toys R Us <laughs> for seasonal um, and that's what I was. That was so like you did Toys R Us over Christmas. Yeah, I worked there from. Wow, my that's first a rough day time. Black Friday. Oh, yeah, really? It was a disaster. Okay, tell us about that. I felt like I wanted to quit, but I couldn't. It was just ridiculous. I had went home for Thanksgiving break, and then I had to because my school was only like ninety minutes from where I grew up, and um, I we got there at like five in the morning, and I was just like, oh, it doesn't look too busy yet because the doors opened at six or something. And as soon as, like, they opened, I was just completely, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Mothers were, like, constantly asking questions. Kids were running around. And I was there from open to close. Yeah, it's my first day. I know. It was horrific. It was traumatizing. So Tosh kind of, rec uh, he rescued you from that. Yeah, it's so weird. D did he make fun of you in the show? He, because he can be really harsh. He was not as harsh as I've seen him be. His bad, like the worst thing he said, um, because one of the things I said was like, I hate being on chat roulette and all I see is penis. And he like riffed like, oh, I'm sure he's not 
so upset about seeing penis or something like that. That was all <laughs> okay. he said. So it was funny. I laughed. And then from from that viral video, you were you're like, I got to do more of this. Like, what was the game plan? Actually, I was like kind of in shock. Like, I didn't, after I did that video, I did like three more and then I stopped for a bit. Um, it was just weird. Like, after it happened, after spring break, like, I went back to work and like people were coming in and just like knowing who I was. And they were asking me to like say lines from the video and stuff. And I'm just like, whoa, this mm. is freaking awkward. Would like, you say you? the lines? No. <laughs> I was working. I was like, no, no, no. Like, I'd play, I wasn't rude or anything. I just like laugh it off. And, um, I was like glad when school ended that year because I just I didn't know what the hell was going on. But you started, you took a little break, but then you you kind of doubled down on it. I did because it was summer and like no offense to Missouri, but I just I was so bored. I had absolutely nothing to do, and making videos like it was fun. And um, it's not like there wasn't like that video went viral, but I still didn't have like. A lot of subscribers or like I was getting more but at that point it wasn't something I looked at or even knew like I still didn't understand what YouTube was or not really know. making money much money yeah, yeah yeah so it was just all weird I was still doing it for fun so then would it when did it switch to oh I can I can make enough money here to decide to move to LA or you want to know the honest truth of course I didn't like start taking YouTube seriously like as a business until like last year Oh, yeah? Like, even beyond me moving out here. I moved out here because of it. Um, so, t okay, well, then tell me how you decided to move out if it wasn't a it, financial decision. It was a love decision. Well, not really love, more like drama. I went to <laughs> a Britney Spears concert in Michigan. There with, she is again. I know, just every point in my life. Uh, and the guy I was with, we've been dating for, like, two months. And then he was, like, he was texting this other guy, just, like, inappropriate things. I won't go into detail. But essentially, I like broke up with him and made him fly back to Missouri. And then my friend Stephanie went to the concert with me instead. And my friend Caitlin, who I went to school with at Mizzou, was moving out to L.A. two weeks from then. And she'd been looking for a roommate. And like, um, I was about to start my junior year. And it was just like a point in life where I'd like, I didn't care about school. Um, like I wanted to finish school one day, but at that point I just felt like I was like getting into debt. Like I wasn't motivated. I wasn't learning anything new. Um, I had the thing with the guy. And so I was just in like this weird, awkward place of just like, I need a change. And like literally when I left Michigan, I called my mom um, in the car because I had like an eight hour drive. And I told her like, I want to move to LA. Like Caitlin needs a roommate. She's my friend. I have enough money saved. Um, which I did. Like, I didn't have, like, a lot, but... And that, and that was from your all the jobs that you worked, plus yeah. a little little YouTube money? Yeah, or did, okay. a little bit of AdSense. <laughs> okay, so you, you you had already activated your, mm -hmm. your ads and all that. Yes. And so, I don't know, it was just the end of summer. I was, like, in kind of a low place, and I saw an opportunity to go somewhere different and new where I had opportunities where I had at this point in time like I didn't know when again I would have the money to do it I didn't know when I'd have a roommate when I'd have a ride like I just felt like it was one of those opportunities like if I didn't take it then I would have never ever been here um and so I did that and then here I am <laughs> and, and when was that how long ago was that this was sept 
August, September 2011. Okay. I moved out here September 13th of 2011. Okay. And what was it like? I mean, when you, when you got out here, was it, had you ever been to LA before? I had not. I didn't even visit, like I, it was completely just dreams and like a ideal, I guess, scenario I had in my head of what it was that I just thought that I could ever move here without ever had, having had visited. Um, and I was like, I was overwhelmed at first. We lived in Redondo Beach, which mm-hmm. for people that don't live here, it's kind of more suburban, not as busy. Um, my roommate was doing like beach volleyball. So we moved there more so for her. And it was just like awesome. Like professionally? Yeah, she actually went, which was another thing. She left me like three or four months since I was living here to go play in Croatia for like five months. I was like, you bitch. (laughs) I was so mad. But um, it was great the first few months. Um, It was nice just being in a new environment. It was nice to go to West Hollywood and see like, an abundance of gay people like just in the streets and like no one judging them or it was just a completely different city and life that I had ever experienced before. And what did you begin to do in terms of YouTube? How did moving out here did it pick up or change things for that? It did. I um was way more motivated just because I feel like um I wasn't in school. I had a lot of time. Um, I was trying to get a job at Blockbuster. I remember when I moved out here. But like <laughs> months after, like they all closed. <laughs> yeah, that so was. So it was just like, I guess I missed that. You were about to have every, like every, uh, sort of, I don't know what the, the word is, but you, you've been a waiter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you worked at Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to get the video store credit so you could have like all those types of jobs. That was like my dream job forever. <laughs> I always dreamed of working in a video store. I loved that. But um You missed your uh, wrong time, you know. I know. It was sad. But I just was yeah, I was going like really hard on YouTube. I had like I made this little backdrop. I thought I was so cool. <laughs> I had like this collage of like celebrities behind me for when I talk about pop culture. And it was just like it was great. I felt like re-energized and then I signed with an agency like that first summer and um I worked with like Scooter Braun like I just when I moved out here, I just was completely just like, oh, my God. Like, this is awesome. This is what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Scooter, he's a... Uh, who is, who does manager. he manage? He manages Justin Bieber. That's right. The Wanted, Ariana Grande. Well, I mean, and, and since since coming out here, I mean, over the, these past three or so years, I mean, the momentum has only continued to grow for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been one of those voices on YouTube that kind of uh, gets this initial wave of momentum and then maintains it, which is not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you announced at the end of 2013 <laughs> that, oh, and you know, at the end of 2014, I'm, I'm done with YouTube. So what's up with that? I have to like add an asterisk to that. I'm done uh-huh. vlogging. I'm okay. done vlogging. Oh, okay. Yeah, I. You're not leaving YouTube. No, I'm. I'm still doing like skits and more premium and quote programming, but I just won't be vlogging anymore. Okay, it's, what's the what's the rationale? And is there a risk associated with that? There's definitely a risk. Um, the rationale first, like I just it's gotten to a point for me where it's just hard to like continuously discuss things by myself. 
Like, I can't just be in a room conversating to the camera. Um, there's only so many different things I could say, so many comments I can make. And uh, when I got the opportunity to do my podcast, that's why I kind of jumped on it, because I loved the idea of having a co-host and having guests and, like, this team of people that you're, like, working off of. And um, that's something that I've desired because, like I said, it's just gotten hard for me to talk constantly by myself. And um, I started doing skits. Well, I did them, like, on and off when I was in college, but I got into it at the beginning of last year. And um, everyone responded well to it. So I was just like, this is what I'd enjoy doing. Because I went to school for journalism. Um, and we had to take like all these writing courses. And I did creative writing. And I've always enjoyed writing. Like even in elementary school, I wrote these books that are still like <laughs> at my house. I wrote these like murder mysteries. <laughs> I have like seven of them. And they're each like 60 pages. But I just always liked being creative. And so when I saw the opportunity to like switch over from just me talking to like writing skits and like writing content. And then I talked to people like Jory Graceffa who did like storytellers. Mm -hmm. And I just see all these like other aspects of things that like inspire me and make me like excited to do a video or to create content. That's what I want to do. I don't want to be in a situation where I'm just like, oh, I'm talking just because this is what you guys like. Because I feel like there's a point where they can realize you're not really into it anymore. Yeah. And you don't, I don't want that to happen. But you gave them over a year notice. That's quite a, quite an advanced notice. I wanted notice. them to know. Like, I, I didn't want to be, like, dramatic about it. Like, I didn't want to have it be December and be like, well, that was my last vlog. Mm. And everyone's like, whoa, 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 what? So, but I'm sure even, even though you gave the year notice, I'm sure you got a lot of upset fans. I mean, that's yeah. just what happens, right? Yeah. Um, it might be a brilliant marketing scheme. I mean, how many last albums has Jay-Z had? <laughs> You know, yes. this is it, and this is it, and this is it. Well, did you have so any of those, be smart. those dramatic messages where people said, you don't understand, I mean, your vlogs are what get me I up. I still get tweets, like, every day, mm -hmm. at least one. How does that make you feel? Um, It makes me feel, like, good that they have enjoyed it so much, but then it also makes me, like, scared to, like, do something new because I'm, like, worried about how they're going to respond to it, but... I feel like every time I've tried something new on my channel, there's been... The thing that I like about YouTube is that people can be honest. Mm -hmm. And, like, you can tell if your audience likes what you're putting up or if they don't. And um, at this point, I'm just at a point where it's like, okay, they're either going to like it or they're not. I'll keep what they like, and then what they don't, I'll scrap. And so it's just all, like, anxious. I'm anxious. Mm -hmm. Are you developing more of a detailed plan of what next year will look like already? I mean, yes. is it... Because when you talk about skits you mean scripted content where you're playing multiple characters it's Not still kind of kind of a vlog format right well what you've been doing what you've done yeah but this will be more like web series ish okay um i've written a bunch like i've written like two seasons of one thing and like we're still planning everything else right now so it's like murder mystery nah <laughs> i wish but uh maybe one day but we have like five things for like fleshing out and like over the next few months i'll be like filming stuff and editing it and like just having everything ready to go by january hmm. yeah so it's just it's really nerve-wracking but hopefully it's planned really well what's it but, i mean can you tell us the name of the series no i can't can you tell us one word of the name of the series internet <laughs> internet is one of the it's words got internet in it 
It does. Is another one Kingsley? Nah. Internet nah. overload. Kingsley. It's actually, if you think about it, I think you can get the rest of it, but I'm not going to confirm or deny. How many words? Two. It's, okay. And one of them's internet. <laughs> yes. The internet. <laughs> the internet. Would you rather win the title, the greatest gay YouTuber or the greatest black YouTuber? I think I'd probably say greatest black. Why? Just because it's more distinctive. And I feel like I stand out more as opposed to gay. You know, you have Tyler and Troy and like 50,000 other <laughs> people, it feels like. So I would just like to own my blackness. <laughs> so there's more gay YouTubers than black YouTubers. I feel like there so is. So you want to... I just want to like... Honestly... <laughs> Both these titles are a mess. But I think that, I just feel like if I said greatest gay, that would be a lie because it's clearly Tyler Oakley. Tyler Oakley is the best that ever was. And so I just would feel wrong claiming that title when I know damn well that it isn't true. Oh, but you you can take the title of best black YouTuber. Yes, I will. I will wrestle Daystorm <laughs> in a pit of mud <laughs> until I snatch the crown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you should you should probably charge pay per view or something I for know. that. Now, to ex, to expand, he's got a bad knee, by the way. Well, oh, I think God. he's better now. I think it's better now. He's probably I, still I he's, he's done a lot of rehab. He's probably still weak in the knee. Every so. time I see his Instagram, he's run up a mountain or something like that. <laughs> so I, I, it, I, I think he's doing fine. But this leads to another question, which is, uh, what Link was kind of you know exploring was this this aspect of people categorize people and on YouTube any any form of entertainment is it's done that that much more mm-hmm. but then when you're trying to kind of break through in a medium like YouTube where it's not about um, who's promoting you it's not about what network you've signed with so much of the success of a YouTuber is just based on the YouTuber, right? It's just based right. on the content that they create and how they connect with an audience. And anytime you have a distinctive, it can be an edge in a lot of ways, right? Yes. So you've got the you've got a distinctive of being gay. You've got a distinctive of being black, and those put you in a minority when it when it comes to just the overall. YouTube, but you probably weren't thinking any of these things when you got involved. You were just like, I'm going to rant about this. When did it kind of hit you that you were like, oh, I am sort of potentially the best black YouTuber? Like, when when did you start thinking in those categories that people were probably already categorizing you in? I think the first time was when I discovered Tumblr. Um, There were like GIFs or do you guys say GIFs or GIFs? We say we say GIFs around here. GIFs, GIFs, the GIFs of myself. I would see people like, "Who's the funny black guy?" And I was like, "Oh, are they talking about me?" And um, that was the first time I saw myself like labeled. And then when um, I was with a network and we were just looking at stats, and I just saw like the lack of color on like the top. 100, 200 list. And I was like, oh, wow, this is very interesting. Um, like race and sexuality isn't something I think about a lot. So I guess it was kind of an eye opener. And I saw it as something that could work to my advantage um, if it needs to. But I, I just never, ever think about it. But mm-hmm. when you, I mean, you kind of alluded to earlier in the conversation of there being a Kingsley character. I mean, our oh, yeah. conver- our conversation has yeah. been this kind of 
you know, it's been kind of, I went, uh, it's been laid back, mm -hmm. but it's not the on-camera persona. <laughs> so I'm glad you're giving us the real you, Tanks. which kind of clarifies, is it just amped up? Is it a character? And is there a temptation to be, because this, these are your labels, to be gayer, to be blacker? I definitely, there, there is. Um, one of the things I talked about when I did my drama life is just what I went through in eighth grade, how I kind of became like subdued and more conscious of what I was saying and how I was acting. Um, when I make my videos, I kind of keep in the back of my head that they're like, I didn't have YouTube growing up. And right now I feel like a lot of kids do. And some of them from like the things they write, I know they see people like me and Tyler and whoever they're watching and they just feel inspired because of the way we are. And for me, my whole demeanor of like not caring and being strong and outgoing, that's just something I want to project so that if like a gay kid is watching me and they do behave that way, they can see that it's okay. Um, so it's definitely like intentional and on purpose. Um, but it at the same time, like it's who I am, but it's just such a huge magnification of that. Like how you said, I'm not like that all the time. Mm -hmm. But I think for the sake of entertainment and for making these people laugh and just trying to make them happy. I can do that for like, you know, four minutes every other day. <laughs> or, or 10 minutes and then edit it down. Yeah. Edit 60% out. <laughs> well, we wish you the best, man. We, uh, mm -hmm. We've enjoyed getting to know you and uh, thanks for coming in. Thank you guys for having me. It was fun. Sign yeah, the table. It. Ooh. And there you have it, our ear biscuit with King, so, aka yeah. Kingsley. Right, and I think we got King, not necessarily Kingsley. Yeah, not the character, the real person. Yeah, meaning that he was just very much uh, in an introspective mood. I think that was one of the interesting things is I think when you watch his videos, uh, sometimes he gets really worked up and you might have to cut your uh, your headphone volume down a little bit. <laughs> but I almost felt like I wanted to turn him up because he's he's a very mild-mannered guy in person. I think a lot of people might be surprised by that, but I think we captured that. And that's what you get with an ear biscuit. You get the the flip side at times. You get the the real side. So, well, And that that's what I, I'm continually excited about this show, that we can do that. There's, there's no pressure to perform. But it does raise a question, Link. Are you in character right now? Are you like being, right now? Right now. Are you being the real Link? Have you been in character our entire lives? <laughs> 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 That's funny, right? I mean, I'm just wondering because well, we do a lot of entertaining together. We're always talking to each other, but also talking to an audience. Well, yeah. I mean, when we're in the conversation with somebody, it's very, I, I think, you know, you listening can tell that we're just asking legitimate questions. But right now, there's an amped up kind of a little characterization. I mean, on Good Mythical Morning, are we being ourselves or are we in character? We're, we're in a character that is a heightened version of ourselves. And, and even right now, I'm not, I'm not giving you the heightened Link the character, really? but I'm not giving you Link the... The Link uh, just woke up? The link that is just, there's no mic in front of my face and there's not an audience listening. I'm talking to you, listener, and I'm talking to you, Rhett. You are, your name's Rhett, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's- Because it, my voice, when, I, when I'm when i not in character- It's still this silky smooth. No, no. 
my voice is like this. It's <laughs> kind of mopey. It's I, the natural me, wants to speak like this, very low and like a robot. The kind of voice that would talk you through something if an instruction manual were to. Like a really bad audio book. Please. Like a really technical audio book. Thank you for purchasing. About like cir- intro to circuits. The Happy Jacks. No, it would be like, thank you for purchasing the Happy Jacks Jungle Gym. Guaranteed to provide years of fun for you and your family. There's like an audio track for the Happy Jacks Jungle Gym? If there was. Like what, to put it together? To put like it an together. audio instruction make, assembly? Make sure you have the following tools. Rubber mallet. Screwdriver. That's pretty much all you need. Everything else is in the kit. That's yeah, how say, I want to speak. I lay out everything from the kit and make sure you have it all. I know you're not actually going to do that, but the people in customer service require that I tell you to lay out everything but in the kit. But this is a great idea, not just because it's how I really speak, but because if I had an audio instructional manual, I would know how long I was supposed to be taking to do things. When I look at the... the Oh, the, like the total runtime of the audio? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, now you should have gotten like the first rung on. Now you should have the first rung on. So you don't have to pause the it's audio real time. instruction. It, it, it's real time. He just, it's like, I'll wait. <laughs> well, it, I'm still it would be, waiting. It would be timed so that you were doing it at normal speed. Because when I'm building something, I want to know how I'm doing compared to other men out there around oh. the world. That's how I feel sometimes. If you are not done, your progress as it corresponds to the average man is below average. You are a below average man. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of a demotivational thing yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Huh. I think this may be our future. Audio <laughs> instructions. assembly instructions downloadable only from our website, which of course is retinlink.com. That's right. Oh, we're turning this into a promotion. We should probably turn this back into a promotion for Kingsley. Uh, thanks to Kingsley for being on the the ear biscuits and giving us uh, a real biscuit to sink our ears into. If you want to let Kingsley know how much you appreciate him being on ear biscuits. And, and please do. Uh, you can tweet at him. That's at Kingsley. There's three Y's at the end, though. That's He's got that one. That's so it's his King, Kingsley. Kingsley with two extra Y's. So three total Y's, all at the end. So let him know. Hashtag ear biscuits on that. Also give us feedback that way. And as we always say, leave a review on iTunes. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. These things are valuable to us in many ways. Emotionally, mostly. Yeah, if they're positive. Okay, well, we'll be back next week with another Bioskiot. Count on it. <laughs>